Hello. Hey, girl. How are you? Good. Sam, welcome to Hello Good Humans. <laughs> I'm I'm so excited to have you on today because I feel like the week that we spent together, I only got to know like one smidgen of a percent of who you are. One thousand percent. Um, it's kind of weird because I feel like the amount of time that has elapsed since the last time we've seen each other, so much has happened. So it's like even like who you knew just a couple of months ago, it's like mm -hmm. totally different. And the same probably goes for you too. Yeah. Because. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> let's start with your just like, what do you want people to know about who Sam is? Well, I think a big part of my life right now, well, it, it's kind of like a two-parter where I feel like I'm traveling a lot more. And that has been something that always a, has been a goal of mine. And so to be able to actually do it and do it where it's kind of like financially possible and I'm not like trying to like scrounge for pennies mm -hmm. is like really nice. <laughs> um, but also my job right now, I work at a food pantry and that has been taking up a lot of my life right now. Wow. So, yeah. So last time we saw each other, which was in May slash June, you did not know what you were going to do for a job. Yeah. So how did you land where you are now? Yeah. Uh, so I work at, uh, for those who don't know, I live in the suburbs of Chicago. Uh, so the location that I work at serves two counties, um, which is Will and DuPage County. Um, and I had originally applied for a development position there at the food pantry and I had gotten all the way to an interview and I didn't hear back for like a week and I kind of pestered the lady to be like can you just like give me an answer so I can sleep at night <laughs> and she was just like hey you seem like you'd be a great fit here at the organization because of your passion but I just don't think you'd be good for this exact role. And I'm like, period, I don't have experience, totally understand. Because <laughs> um, I was a new grad who just had retail experience at the time. Mm -hmm. um, and so I kind of kept on the pulse of the organization's uh, hiring positions that they had. And one was for a front lobby and market coordinator there. And so I was like, you know what? I want to work here because now I'm upset that I didn't get this one position. So I'm going to like make sure I work at this place because I was so enthralled by their mission statement and being able to help people who are a part of my own community. Mm -hmm. um, that's something that I really wanted to do. So... I was like, you know what, I'm going to apply for this position and 
I'm just going to see what happens. And I had gotten another interview and I got the job somehow. And I don't know necessarily what they were like. Yes, this is her, but they liked me enough, I guess. So, So yeah. what would you say, like, is is your passion for that they were drawn to? Yeah, I would definitely say the fact that I just wanted to do good. Mm. Uh, that was kind of the hill I was willing to die on for my profession. Because uh, I didn't want to do something where I felt like I was just clocking in and getting a paycheck. Mm -hmm. I wanted to feel like I was doing more. And if I had to put in extra hours for my job, I didn't want to be like, oh, I'm doing this again. You know, I wanted to feel like, you know what, this is like me volunteering for the organization and all this stuff of like having to do like a little extra here or there. Like, it's no must or fuss with me because I'm seeing the impact that it's having on people and how grateful people are for the food and for the services that the food pantry does provide. Um, and just to be a part of that is really cool. Um, what does your typical like day-to-day -day life look like? Yeah. So it kind of goes into different phases. Um, it goes in between distribution days where we're actually giving food out to people and then it's setup days. So when we're actually putting the food in the market, um, and we have a really cool setup where it's kind of like a grocery store where people get a cart and they have a path where they go. Um, and there's certain areas where we do, uh, put limits on things, but that's more like meat and dairy things that are like hot topic items. Um, but things like produce and canned goods and dry goods and bread, we don't put any limits on. It's uh, as much as you need, please take. So it's trying to eliminate judgment and eliminating the stigma of food pantries. Cause sometimes people don't want to go because they're like, well, I can only get two apples and, you know, trying to take that away from people, the choice that they have can be very dehumanizing to people. Mm -hmm. So providing as little limits as possible, because we still have to ration for all of the people that we serve. Uh, Cause we serve over 200 people a day. Wow. Uh, which is, yeah, it's, crazy because we're only open for a short amount of time. <laughs> so it's like you're getting people in and out. And there's a lot of people who don't speak English, a lot of people who don't really use technology, a lot of people who um, don't know how to read sometimes. Um, so having to sign them up for our services can also be really hard. So that's another aspect of my job is getting them signed up in our system and uh, making sure that that part is really smooth so they can get into shopping. Uh, mm -hmm. 
But yeah, it's a lot of different components. Uh, so I basically work with volunteers, making sure that they know their roles of either restocking or providing those limits or helping people get signed up in our front lobby. Um, and then I'm also there for when crazy scenarios happen. Um, <laughs> I'm kind of like the person that people go to and are like, Sam, this thing is happening. We don't know what to do. And I'm like, all right, we're going to figure this out. <laughs> so, I can see you being good at that. Yeah, it's it's one of those things where you have to be the calm buoy in the hurricane sometimes. <laughs> so, yeah. Would you say that That's you've always been somebody who has been social, social justice-ly oriented? I would say it kind of happened more once I got into high school. Hmm. Um, I started to hang around with people that were more socially conscious um, and really opened my eyes to a lot of uh, issues within our country um, and in ways that I didn't really think about before. Um, and seeing how passionate they were made me understand how important it was to be passionate about issues and not just be like, oh, I'm going to go through life and not have any passion about how people live and how people are affected by the systems that we've created. Mm -hmm. um, so I would say definitely in high school was where my eyes started opening, but I wouldn't say it wasn't until college where I got really into the activism part of it or making possible change within my community because of the issues I'm passionate about. Mm -hmm. And I actually looked you up on LinkedIn because I was curious about if you had found a job yet or what you were, what you were up to. <laughs> <laughs> and I loved that your your LinkedIn bio said that you were passionate about social justice and women's rights and gardening. Yes. So <laughs> let's talk about gardening. Yeah, I love gardening. It's so therapeutic. Because I I one time had a therapist tell me um that the earth can take any emotion that you have. Um, so if you're really upset about something, if you have a shovel, the earth is going to take it. Like take your frustration out in that way because it's not like you're damaging the earth. You're repurposing the earth in like a beautiful way that helps it. So... It's like, it's like a healthy way to take out a lot of your frustrations or like if you're really sad about something, you know, you're able to tend to something that you know is going to grow mm. and it has like a more positive outcome than if you turn to like, I don't know, more destructive ways of dealing with your emotions. No, that's that's brilliant. And I've never thought about gardening like that. I also have the opposite of a green thumb, like the worst. But I want, I want a green thumb. I currently have 
five or six plants in my office and I would say like two and a half of them are alive. <laughs> Like I, well, I, I mean, that's better than all of them being dead, right? mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah. Um, did you grow up with <laughs> parents or mentors that gardened or did you come into that as an adult too? yeah, it was definitely a staple in my uh, grandmother's lives. Um, like my Baba, my Busha, my Grammy, um, all three of them would garden in their own ways um, that were very true to them. Um, like my Baba was always obsessed with potted plants. Um, she had potted plants everywhere in her house. Um, or my Busha had these beautiful lilac bushes and these rose bushes and um, there were like fruit trees all in her backyard and you know there was just different staples that each grandparent had where I was like fascinated with like lilacs are my favorite scent because I would always smell them in the month of May at my Bush's house so I always was drawn to gardening in some way. Um, and it wasn't until I got older that I started having like potted plants myself or like really getting into like actual, like my own gardens at my parents' house. So it was just like, and it was just very fun. <laughs> Mm -hmm. Yeah. Do your do your names for your grandmas? Do they come from a certain uh heritage or is it just one of those like family things that you started saying? Yeah, so uh, Busha is a specific region dialect for grandma in Polish because Oh. a lot of people say babcha, but we say Busha. And like some people say it's like an Americanized version, but it's more of like a regional version of grandma. Um, it's kind of like if you said, grandma and Like, nana mm -hmm. or like okay, something like yeah. that um and then baba is grandma in slovenian um and that's like on the two different sides of my family uh and then grammy is just nickname Good, good <laughs> old Grammy. yeah yep So yep yep <laughs> besides gardening and, you know, being an advocate, What do you, what do you do for fun? Um, so I am very true to one of my retail jobs, which is a bookstore, uh, independent bookstore. Um, and I absolutely love reading, um, before, during, and after working there. Um, it's one of the passions that I've always kind of had and it just... takes your mind off of things. And it's really nice because I will jump from different genres. Like I'm never bored with 
the genres that I'm reading. Like some people will like read a genre to death and then be like, I'm done. I cannot read this. And then they won't read the genre for like a year. Mm -hmm. And so I try to like jump around, keep it fresh. Um, right now I'm reading this book about, uh, these like witch hunters, um, which I think is like very fun. And like the book that I had read previously was about this couple that would always lie to each other. Um, and eventually their lies caught up with them. Mm. So two very different genres um, and different plots that are going on there. Um, but that's kind of just an example of what I love reading in my day to day. I love that. I love that. I, I'm currently reading. Uh, yes, I'm a huge reader. Oh my God. We had a conversation about this before where mm -hmm. you introduced me to one of the uh, apps. That's Story different graph. from Goodreads. Storygraph. Women owned, black owned reading tracker. So um, I'm currently reading the fourth wing uh, series by Rebecca Yaros. I am one of those people that does read read a, a genre to death, but I only need like a month to recuperate. So I've been on like a very strong young adult fantasy fiction uh, journey. And I think after I finish this, the second book, I'm going to have to switch to like memoirs or something because it's just all of the stories are tr starting to like trickle together and all of the different worlds and stuff. And I'm like, I can't, I can't keep it straight anymore. Well, do you want to know some tea about Rebecca Yaros? Yes. <laughs> this is like no slander to her or anything like that. But um, the book world that I am in, a lot of people are like, it's just a bunch of different YA fictional worlds being melted together into one like it's a little of hunger games it's a little of divergent it's a little of game of thrones it's a little of like it's a lot of different yeah like, things that are put together mm -hmm. and then and, that, and that's why people are like that's why people like it it's not because it's like this revolutionary concept it's because it's everything put together Honestly, I haven't read the books, so I can't say anything. I will say, like, for me, reading is so, like, it's my happy thing. And so quite often I don't pick up on things like that because I, do, I, I don't try to look for things like that. Like, people will mm. say things like that. I'm like, what? It's a complete <laughs> original story, except for all of these things that happen that also have had yes I've definitely gotten major divergent vibes and I don't know if you've read the series Red Rising by Pierce maybe Pierce Brown but I could be wrong but yeah and then there's also Ekotar which I loved but also similar which is why all of the books are just like they're becoming one story in my head and I'm like the next book I'm going to read is I'm glad my mom died so you have to, okay, there's a lot of 
very heavy topics in there. So I do suggest just like reading like the sensitive topics that it talks about, because I could see how like someone with like an eating disorder or like um, having like lots of issues with their mom, um, it's, it can be a very like heavy book, but I also think it can help a lot of people see how, you know, someone that we literally grew up watching on television struggle with these things. And we all thought, wow, how cool is it to be on a TV show? <laughs> and it's like, wow, her life was really rough. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, my mom actually gave me the book. So I don't know what that says. <laughs> no, I have an amazing relationship with my mom. I'm very blessed in that. But she did give it to me because of the, the whole eating disorder bit. And she thought that there'd be a lot of things I could relate to or learn from or whatever. But I do think it's I, I never really was like, wait, my mom just gave me a book called I'm glad my mom died. <laughs> I mean, I mean, it could be a little of like the irony in there that like your living mother gave a book with that title. That's true. That's true. Maybe she just did it for the she did it for the drama. The gag. <laughs> so are you living um, at your parents house right now? Yeah, so unfortunately not I don't want to say unfortunately because I'm trying to look at it trying is the key word here um looking at it as just a different stage in my life but it has been very hard the transition of living on my own I mean like with roommates but living on my own for two years and then moving back home. Um, especially when it's like, I'm still in my early 20s. I would like to have this independence that I had in my really early 20s. Mm -hmm. um, but it's one of those things where you have to be grateful for what you have. Mm -hmm. And recognize that not everybody has these support systems where I can live at home, pay very little rent, like very little rent, um, and be able to save up and be able to pay my student loans and not have to be like, how am I going to do all of this? Because mm -hmm. there's some people where like, you have to be out by 18 and that's it. Yeah. Or there's people who have had to do that even before they're 18, mm -hmm. you know? So yeah. it's like trying to put my situation into a different perspective of like, you've got it pretty good. Like, don't be upset just because you feel like your freedom is more limited now. Because it's not. You just have to look at it differently. And I'm sure working where you work and seeing people come in that can't afford to purchase food, you're also like, well, 
I have a roof over my head and I have food and it probably is a weird dichotomy <laughs> there as well. Yeah, it really is because I will like go on lunch break and get Jimmy John's down the street. And I'm like, I feel weird if I bring this into work. Because mm. it's like, I'm literally like working with people who are waiting two hours just to get food. And I'm like, I just went and waited 10 minutes in the drive through to get a sandwich and chips and a drink. Mm -hmm. So yes, do I eat my lunch in my car? Because I think I like think about all of that stuff. Yes. Yes, I do. Mm. But I think it's important to think about those things. Yeah. For sure, Especially for sure. the, in the field that I work. Yeah. But, so no. you were very passionate about working at this food pantry, but do you have goals beyond that? It's okay if not. If if this is where you want to be, that is absolutely okay. Do you have grand, big, uh, what, what do you want to do? Yeah, I, so there's a big part of me that wants to go into the Peace Corps. Um at some point, uh, will I do that? I have no idea. Um, there's a part of me that also wants to go and teach Spanish somewhere. Um, my Spanish right now is pretty bad, um, but I speak Spanish every day at work um, and I communicate well enough to get my clients in and out in a timely fashion. So kind of want to do that. Um, but like for right now, like within the next year or two, I can see myself being at the food pantry. Um, but I don't think it's like a uh, forever space for me, uh, just because I want to see what else I could do. And if I do come back to a food pantry space again, I don't, think that that is the worst thing in the world. I would probably really enjoy that because I'm going back to something that is familiar, but mm -hmm. is still new and fresh. Yeah. Um, I think one of the, this is, this is not a popular opinion, but I'll say, I think one of the things that our generation specifically struggles with is like, we get this pressure to always be moving toward the next goal and how can we be how can we move up in our company and how can we be making more money and like full transparency I'm not making a ton of money as a youth pastor like the church doesn't have a billion dollars in it um and so people are always like okay but like what what do you want to do and I'm like well this is it like this is what I want to do right now that I'm very happy and secure in my job right now and people are like Really? Yeah. <laughs> it's it's funny because it it is so ingrained in like our society to consistently be climbing the ladder mm -hmm. that when someone is like, yeah, I'm okay, it, it like is literally mind blowing. Mm -hmm. It is earth shattering. 
like, what do you mean you don't, you don't have a five-year plan or a 10-year plan? I'm like, I, I personally want to grow to be the best youth pastor that this church has ever seen. And once I can confidently say that I've done that, then sure, maybe we'll look at other options. But like, I'm, I'm doing fine right now. Yeah. Yeah. It just, I think for some people it works mm -hmm. and that's great for them. But I think more people need to understand that sometimes life presents opportunities that can change your course of life. So even if you have that like five, 10 year plan, the likelihood of you either sticking to it or it being like perfect the entire time is very, very low. Mm -hmm. So like kind of accepting that go with the flow attitude towards life, I think is almost healthier than feeling like you need to have that plan. Yeah, totally. Totally. Really random question. Is your hair red right now? Yes. Okay. Because you're kind of sitting in a purple room and I was wondering like, is is your hair really red or is it just the lighting? Yeah, it's kind of like an auburn color right now, but I'm getting it dyed back to blonde in like five days. So what what motivated the the switch to red? Autumn. Okay. Autumn just autumn the bug just really bit me. I'm not going to lie. I can be so easily persuaded by hair TikToks. It's actually ridiculous it is it is so bad and my hairdresser literally told me they were like sam you're gonna want to change your hair in about three months so we're gonna do a demi dye where the color will slowly wash out and so it'll become lighter and lighter and i'm like Okay, like, why was I gonna argue with them? Like, they're the one that went to school right. for, you know, cosmetology. So why am I gonna argue with them? I'm like, okay, yeah, do it. And I'm like, you know what? They really knew what they were doing because here I am, three months later, being like, I want to change my hair. Mm -hmm. So, but what is your natural color? Uh, it's like this dish water like blonde <laughs> like and it's not I'm not like trying to be like oh poor me it's like no that's like the legitimate color it's just like I don't know like some people say it's kind of like a it could be like a mouse kind of color like it's just mm. yeah because it's just like um a couple months ago I went to my hairdresser who I was the first time that I was seeing her. And I said, Patty, I want red. And she said, Zoe, with how dark your hair is, what we would have to do is bleach it all, dye it red, and then it would fade to ugly orange. And so I trusted her in that moment. And she, she literally told me no, which like, I feel like some people would just be like, okay, like she'll be back in a couple months having me fix it. But she was so good, so honorable. She told me, you're going to look ugly. 
And we would love to have hairdressers who do that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So we, we left it. We left it brown. I mean, she... She did some like low lights and honestly, like I love her. I don't know if I could really tell that much of a difference, but I am not regretting it with like neon orange hair now. So yeah. Yeah. And it it could have it could have been a sleigh. It really could have. It could have been this whole moment. She could have taken all of your money and done the real complex hair thing. And you could have looked good. You could have. Or she could have taken your money and you could have looked like a clown. Mm -hmm. So, so let's we just be happy she didn't take your money. <laughs> and we'll just say today, we thank you, Patty. Thank you, Patty. <laughs> thank you, Patty. Thank you, Patty. <laughs> so um, I always kind of close out my conversations because my free Zoom is almost over, you know. At some point, I really think I should just uh, pay the money to have the full one. But who's got money for that? Not me. Um, <laughs> so I always like to end my conversations asking two things. First, what kind of music or podcast do you listen to? And second... Who are some of the good humans in your life? Ooh. Okay. So music wise, I, my default answer is always Mac Miller. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I literally for Christmas, I got a sweatshirt that says I miss Mac Miller. Um, so R.I.P. <laughs> I'm, I'm a but, big divine feminine girl so mm -hmm. it's such a good album such it a good is. album um literally my favorite album of his my my question for um, you so i i am a like beyond huge ariana grande stan do you love ariana grande as a mac miller fan or do you hate ariana grande as a mac miller fan so I really liked their relationship. And when I think about the fact that like she has his dog, that just like, I'm like, oh my God, like my heart. Byron. But then I like think about how like the recent relationship that she has, um, how it's very messy. And the fact that the hypothetical like woman that she hypothetically homewrecked said she's not a girl's girl mm -hmm. mm, it just it puts a big sour taste in my mouth mm -hmm. so i would have to say that specific era of ariana grande i'm a stand for i don't necessarily know if i'm like Pop off, girl, with your yes and music. Like, uh, I don't know. Not I me don't with, know. Like, with <laughs> it on repeat all day long here. Just, like, say that shit with your chest. I'm just at church, <laughs> like, just bopping all day. But but I get it. I get it. Okay, so Mac Miller. Yeah. Okay. And um, are you a podcaster? Yeah, I so I listen to um 
you can sit with us. It's a podcast specifically branched off of the Try Guys. It's like their wives. Um, Yeah, and I absolutely love them. They honestly, they have a better podcast than the actual Try Guys podcast. Well, yes, because they're women. (laughs) Period. Um, So, yeah, so... That's what I'm listening to all the time. And the good humans in my life. Um, I would say I would really have to shout out my coworkers um, because I truly don't think I would have made it the first like two months of my job without their guidance. Uh, just because I have really bad anxiety and that whole time I was just like, I don't know what I'm doing. (laughs) And they really were like, Hey, everything's fine. You're going to do it. And it's going to be great. Um, and nothing imploded and nothing exploded. So I really have to condemn them. Yeah. Um, I really do. And other good humans in my life. Um, my, Grammy. She's a darling. My mama, um, she sacrifices way too much. Um, but I love her for everything that she does. And I, yeah, that's, that's who I'm putting in my Emmy acceptance speech. (laughs) Amazing. 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 Well, I thank you so much for letting me interview you today about your life and all things Sam. Yeah, thank you for having me. This was fun. I'm glad. Um, (laughs) So we're going to say goodbye to our listeners. Bye, listeners. All right. All right. Perfect. Have a good rest of your day. All right. Thank you for having me. Of course. (laughs) Bye-bye.